Hey, this is Vanessa. This is Carlos. And you're listening to Retro Ad Review. This is a podcast where we select a couple of random old TV commercials and review them. So if you like commercials, listen in. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of Retro Ad Review. Hi, everybody. <laughs> so... If you didn't hear, this is a podcast where we're discussing old retro commercials and making it fun. I don't know. So what are we talking about today? Commercials. Uh, specifically, in honor of St. Patrick's Day, it's not necessarily Irish, but Irish themed. Right. So in honor of St. Patrick's Day, we're going to look yes, at... Yes, we honor Irish a Catholic saint with uh, commercials. With the snakes. Cool. All right. So should we just go into the first one? How about a little bit of the background of the holiday? I don't know anything about the holiday. <laughs> well, apparently some guy was allegedly sold into slavery into Ireland. Then he left. Then he came back and he chased the snakes away from Ireland with the snakes being the Druids. So in other words, he really like Catholicized and Christianized Ireland. Ooh. And before because it was a holiday uh you couldn't drink so you didn't drink on saint patrick's day no that only came later oh okay well wow. the, the feasting and the drinking i think it was because uh lent or something like that okay let's go all out then we can lent <laughs> then we can lent okay well that is a beautifully brief description of saint patrick's day and saint patrick's day is now popular in ireland and in the u.s where there's a big irish diaspora as well as the uk and it is well known for drinking so i guess it's just an excuse to drink one of the commercials that we look at deals with drinking so that's fine but the rest of them aren't so what are they gonna be let's find out strong man, Brian. Aye, am I too strong? Then shower up with Irish Spring. Ah, the double deodorant soap. The very one to get a strong man fresh. Look, and these green and white stripes are two deodorants to get a man fresh and clean. What a fine fresh scent. That's why I use it too. Irish Spring with two deodorants. Gets a strong man fresh. Did you find that funny? I found yeah. it funny. I don't understand what she said. Basically, there's these two big, burly, manly, manly Irishmen wrestling. And then he goes to his friends, a man and a woman. He says, hey, man, you're really manly. You need a manly body wash. Use Irish Spring. And he's like, oh, is that the one with two? And then they get a knife and they cut the bar so you can see that's two deodorants. Then he's just showering and saying like, oh, it's really good. And the lady's like, oh, showering like in a waterfall. Like this all takes place in like the woods. Yeah, I don't know where he's showering exactly. I thought it was like one of those fake wooden outdoor kind of pool. I think things. he's showering like a waterfall or something like he's showering outside. And I think what they've done is like they have a shower head or like a power shower thing yeah yeah of course but it's outside so like this makes it very pastoral <laughs> irish pastures i guess yeah and i guess they're just showing the two the what is that what's with the two thing what is that 
Yeah, it's two deodorants. They make it out of two deodorants into bar form, I guess. All right. So Irish Spring. If you're not familiar with Irish Spring, are you familiar? Did we use Irish Spring? I think that's been in the house a few times, I right? I think so. Yeah, I think I've used Irish I mean, Spring. I think of bar soap. Like, I mean, I use bar soap and I've used regular Body soap wash. or whatever. Yeah. But I always think of like Irish Spring as old, like an old people <laughs> kind of bar. I always, yeah, I always said it old people's houses. As far as bars go now, I use body wash because bars now make me feel sticky. Yeah. So so maybe that's the kind of movement. But this was before. This this commercial is actually from 1979. So Irish Spring has been around since 1970. So it's been around for about 50 something years. It's just a it's a deodorant soap. It was launched in Germany in 1970. And then it kind of came out more so in, in the US in 72. So it's kind of well known for its well if it is known i don't really even know for that kind of double thing so you know when the guy <laughs> cuts the knife and kind of shows that there's like two types of things but irish spring ha- is no longer just a deodorant br- deodorant bar it's so <laughs> weird a deodorant soap just doesn't sound right it's also a body wash and things like that so it does have different smells and and things like that kind of thing. Um, so Irish Spring, the typical setup for it is that it is in an Irish village and it's in an Irish kind of setting. So it's not like in the city of Dublin or something. It tends to be in kind of a foresty, weird thing. I think what it's supposed to do is evoke this like sense of manliness. So in the commercial, like you like you heard or you saw or whatever, the guy is wrestling with another guy. And then at the end, a lady pops out and she says, manly, yes, but I like it too. So it's also supposed to be like, it's for men and for women. Um, so it just kind of came out of this whole thing of manliness and it's Irish. <laughs> a very masculine bar of soap. It's kind of like that. It's a little bit in the old spice sense. It's like there were other brand, like there were other um, slogans that were like, clean a man upright. The Irish never quit. Smell like you're worth exploring. Add a little Irish to your game. So Irish spring is just a little bit more of a, I think it always just makes sure to kind of attach Ireland, but like a manly element of Ireland to the soap. At least in the 70s anyway. I think it probably just became a bit more fresh after this. So Irish spring, it's fresh. Growing up in the 90s and like the 80s, I kind of remember the, the shower ones, though, where the bar just shoots out a shower at your face. A what? So uh, one of the things that I thought was kind of notable about this particular commercial is within the ad itself. So we found this on YouTube and we were just looking at it. One of the key things to kind of come out of it was the lady at the end is actually Cindy Morgan. If you don't know who Cindy Morgan is, she is kind of one of the sexy ladies in Caddyshack. I think I've seen Caddyshack once. I don't remember it. I remember the gopher. (laughs) so if you know anything about cindy morgan anyway she is from chicago so she's american so (laughs) the thing that's kind of funny out of this is that in a lot of these commercials there aren't actually any irish people it's just americans doing irish accents which we have a poor history um, when it comes to making to doing accents so like one of the things about ireland and what i was kind of looking at was there's a unique i thought you you were gonna say we have a poor history with the irish we have a great history with the Irish. Uh, <laughs> there, there's, um, there's a unique local dialect for each of Ireland's 32 counties. So each county has a different kind of sound to it. So a person can tell if they're from like County Mayo. 30, 32 different accent things? Yeah. 
So Ireland has... We live in America and it's a huge freaking country. Yeah, it's because... So, so They have only... We have like certain region stuff, but every county... Yeah, has a very distinct kind of sound to it. So like... Oh my God. It's almost like, you know, when you're talking to somebody from very clearly New York or something like that's a New York accent. But in Ireland, it's like if you're from a particular county and mind you, like Ireland's really small. That's why I was shocked. Yeah, it's a really, really small place. But some of this, the reason why there's so much of a change, it's like many local dialects stayed isolated because travel was limited. You know, it's an old country. So donkeys and wheel wagons. Yeah. So most people kind of developed their accent from where they were because there wasn't much mobility. So, you know, you couldn't travel very quickly from one place to the next. So a lot of places just kind of stayed and kind of cultivated their own accent. So the accent that we tend to be most familiar with over in the States anyway, is the Dublin accent. So like think Conor McGregor, I guess, as the most recent style of accent I could think of. And it's also like working class Dublin. So it's the type of accent where you drop the THs, I think, at the end. So like that instead of that. So it's that kind of accent that people are most familiar with when you're sort of making jokes about the Irish, unless you're thinking about like a really old timey accent from like the 1800s that you hear in like Looney Tunes cartoons and stuff. But like I said, we have a bad relationship with accents and some of the worst have been in like big Hollywood movies. So like Sean Connery, who is very clearly a Scottish man, (laughs) was meant to have an Irish accent in The Untouchables. Want to get Capone? Here's how you get him. He pulls a knife, you pull a gun. He sends one of yours to the hospital, you send one of his to the morgue. Tommy Lee Jones had one in Blown Away. Listen to me, Leo McGivney, I've come to bring you a gift. What gift is that, Garrity? It's the gift of Pan, of course. I think Brad Pitt had one in Snatch. He was supposed to be a traveler. But the one for me... What they called him was a slur, right? right? A pikey. Yeah. Yeah, it's a slur. There's a bunch of, like, names for them, like Tinker. Um, My father was uh, Irish tinker. Pikey, um, traveler isn't. Um, You're not supposed, like, they're not gypsies. Like, gypsies, I mean, they're like also kind of a slur. kind of uneducated folks or something that they get that bad reputation too yeah like they're a nomadic people and they're historically people who don't set haven't settled and yeah they have kind of a bad rap and they tend to be associated as well which is kind of what happened in the brad pitt snatch thing with boxing so like they have a lot of boxing families and traveler communities so that's kind of a, a famous element like if you hear about irish boxing a lot of it is attached to like traveler communities and then you try like i think people try to imitate their accents and it's not easily done fuck me just look at the size of it how big are you hey kids how big is he big man that's for sure hey man come on look at the size of this fella bet you back to the concert ah you look like a boxer what the hell did you just say one of my favorite accents is david boreanaz in angel so in angel he david boreanaz plays a vampire He became a vampire in like, I don't know, the 1800s, the 1700s or something like that, probably 1800s. And Angel is Irish. (laughs) (laughs) It's an Irish vampire, which is a really weird concept just to kind of wrap your head around. But I'm going to play a little clip here of what his accent sounded like. Where's Darla? I want Darla to see William. Darla and I had a little spot. Precious master sent for her. You know, Darla. Master's pet. 
friend jealous. Ah, oh, don't fret, Drew. Better make up. Always do. After a little tit for tat. Shouldn't let that spoil our fun here. So yeah, it's a really, really bad accent. And that's kind of our history of it. Like there are multiple accents that float around the country and we only know one small subsection and it only ends up getting used a bit in Hollywood movies and on television. You know, so that's just a fun fact. You know what I uh, ran into that they missed a big opportunity with Irish Spring? What? Remember the woman from Touched by an Angel, Roma Downey? Oh yeah. She moved from Ireland to New York and she was trying to get acting gigs. And she tried out for Irish Spring. Oh, she did. Then, yeah. She she got the shower one that said, manly, but I like it too. But she didn't get the part. <gasps> so she got beaten. So this Irish woman got beaten out by a woman from Chicago. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So I think that's probably enough about Irish Spring. Shall we move on to the next one? This one will be one that everyone in the world should be familiar with. Hey, it's Lucky! Make it as Lucky Charms! Hi! With me, Rainbow Magic! We've got magic too, you know! Ah, but can you make... Heart stars and horseshoes, clovers and blue moons, pots of golden rainbows, and me red balloons! Well, not exactly. <laughs> but like magic... We can make them... Disappear! Marshmallowy Lucky Charms, a tasty part of this good breakfast. That's me Lucky Charms! I think I remember this commercial. The one I mostly remember this one and the one where they chase him off a cliff and then he starts singing the song. Oh yeah, I remember that one too. God, they were so rude to him. Anyway, in this commercial, it's it's the kind of standard Lucky Charms commercial. A bunch of kids are flopping about in the woods. The woods seem to be a theme. And they see Lucky and he magically creates this rainbow piano, starts playing music off of it. And as he plays the music, a rainbow pops out with the heart stars and horseshoes when he starts kind of singing the heart stars and horseshoes bit. And then the kids start playing with it. They create way more marshmallows. They hold up their bowls and all the marshmallows fall into it, which basically he's just given them free lucky charms or they've stolen lucky charms from him. Um, and they ask him for more and he just plays a bit more. And that's pretty much the entire commercial. It's just a bunch of kids playing on a rainbow piano, which rains down Lucky Charms into their bowls. <laughs> that's kind of cool. Magical. So the history of Lucky Charms and Lucky, it Lucky. actually has the uh, distinction of being the very first cereal with uh, marshmallow pieces. Like now we take it for granted with every horrifying children's sugar treat. But horrifying. They were the first. The guy who created it, he was like, he was eating from General Mills. He he took some Cheerios and Brock's circus peanuts, which are like marshmallow squishy circus mm, peanuts. I like this. And for some reason, he showed it in together and he ate it. And then he gave it to test audiences and they were like, yeah, this is great. And then they decided to make it from uh, charm bracelets. The first ones were, I think, only stars, moons, clovers, hearts, and... I don't remember those because I wasn't around in the 60s. <laughs> but the more <laughs> is that I how old it is, God. The ones I remember most are the Heart Stars and Horseshoes, Clovers and Balloons. Pots of Gold. Pots of Gold. They've updated it since, right? Yeah. I remember okay. when they were making it new pieces. Because in order to refresh, they, they saw that specials and refreshing the uh, marshmallows made people want to eat it some more. But I remember particularly when I was reading the uh, 
information. In 1989, they got the red balloons. And I oh. vaguely remember when... When he... they introduced that. Yeah. Oh, my God. We have, like, horrific memories. I kind of remember that. That makes no sense. Yeah. Lucky was around since the 1960s. But an interesting thing about the common theme with Lucky was that it almost got him canned. Wait, what? They almost fired <laughs> Lucky? Yeah, because he 11 years into the... Uh, his mascot stuff, they were looking like maybe we got to change this up because it might get, be getting stale. So oh. then they hired an ad agency to make something else. And they made two characters that went past uh, testing that was really good. Mm -hmm. And it, it was set up to test in New England. One of them was the good knight. He was, instead of lucky, his main thing was like he ran away with his lucky charms. Kids always chase him. And yeah. he ran away. Like, no, That's part of the fun. <laughs> Yeah, well, later on, but not now. They made the good night as the exact opposite. He said, "Oh, good night. We want our lucky charms." And he go through like volcanoes and whatever the heck he's gonna go through. So people kind of went, "Help us!" Like, kind of, we need, we need lucky charms. And he would go through all of the. If you want, if you okay. want lucky charms in the morning, just yell "Good night." We dropped a box of lucky charms down there. Oh, don't worry. I'll get them for you, for I am your lucky charms good night. <laughs> oh, good night. Here they are, your delicious frosted lucky charms with orange stars, yellow moons, pink hearts, green clovers, and me on the box. When you want lucky charms in the morning, just yell, good night. That's me. <laughs> but he didn't make it through. The one from a brief period in the 1970s in New England was Waldo the Wizard. They were like, uh. Lucky Lucky is pretty like cool and everything, but he's not that friendly. He runs away from the kids. Let's make him friendlier. So Waldo the Wizard was able to get past the uh, point that the good knight didn't because he was more magical. He was friendlier. He actually got commercials and stuff. One of the ones I found was uh, the mm -hmm. six panel comic. In, I guess they put it in the newspaper or comic books. Waldo the wizard lost his lucky charms and his main shtick was that he was a forgetful wizard. He goes, maybe I left them in here. And he's in a jacket. This box. sounds boring. Goes, I like lucky better. And he goes boing. And he goes, maybe not. And then some two realistic looking kids come and say, but you're a wizard. Yeah. Use magic and make some. He's a good idea. And then he goes, ibbledy bibble, delicious frosted lucky charms. Ibbledy bibble. Part of your good breakfast. But his clothes look funny because he's like, his suit looks like a wizard's robe, but also like part three-piece suit. And his hat looks like a nightcap. But uh, <laughs> this all sounds really confusing. Good. He tested pretty good because it was, uh, he was nice. But then Lucky Charms was like, well, we spent a lot of money on Lucky because it was one of the most expensive rollouts of mascots and stuff. Yeah. And he... He just came back. And the guy who worked on Waldo, he was sent to work on Lucky. And then he changed it up and said, I don't want this guy to be so mean and greedy looking. So let's make it a chase game. And he's like, oh, they're acting me like a uh, Okay, so it's more like, ooh, we can catch me and kind of thing rather than like, like oh, I'm running away. Okay. Yeah. That's a good twist. Radio performer Arthur Anderson played it from 1963 all the way to 1992. So you and I probably heard him in the very early time. I'm a lord, and please you. You doubt, my boy. Trouble be too much without willing. It is my duty, sir. 
Thou themselves when he did sing Da dum Oh, wait, who is this guy anyway? <laughs> He's a radio performer and a stage performer. He like way back in the yeah, uh, okay. radio days. Oh, that's cool. That's kind of neat. It feels funny that we have a connection to those old times that we don't realize. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say something about um, Lucky lucky's kind of idea since we're kind of focusing on saint patrick's day and we did say that we were focusing on the irish lucky and leprechauns are definitely they're they're irish (laughs) i guess but they're not irish people so like do you know what a leprechaun is yes just kidding no tell me what a leprechaun is (laughs) no but what like when you hear like when you think of a leprechaun what do you think of like probably lucky right yeah, that kind of thing. A weird little guy thing. Or maybe even the uh, leprechaun Ooh, from uh, the, the films. Movies. Yeah. So <laughs> you either think of Lucky or you think of that horrible, horrible Ron monster. Davis leprechaun. Who's an English person. So they're from Irish folklore and they're classified as a solitary fairy. So like I think part of Irish folklore is a lot around fairies or kind of mystical creatures in that sense. So they're solitary. So Lucky runs away. Yeah, they're not like part of a it's kind of like lone wolf type of stuff, even though wolves travel in packs. It's like it's like that. <laughs> so they're 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 not part of like a group or anything like that. They're just kind of so yeah, like I guess kind of like Loki. Leprechauns aren't really part of Irish old Irish mythology. So you can actually do like some looks and like look into Irish mythology, and Irish mythology has a lot about like Cucullin and Lou and all of these kind of characters that existed that created you know that created ireland before you know ireland that we as we know it but leprechauns weren't really part of that they're part of like later folklore so the earliest known reference to a leprechaun and when i say like mythology this is like really really ancient ireland stuff it's kind of probably going into norse god type of territory of being really really old but the earliest known reference to a leprechaun appears in a medieval kind of story so that's when we first start hearing about 1982 about leprechauns and it's um like the king of ulster falls asleep on the beach and he finds himself being dragged into the sea by I can't pronounce the Irish phrasing because it's a completely different language that I don't understand. But he's dragged into the sea by three leprechauns. He catches them and they grant him three wishes. And this story is actually referenced in the Disney film Darby O'Gill and the Little People. Experience again the incredible adventures of Darby O'Gill and the lost kingdom of the little people. Once you're here, there's no going back. Here's entertainment to delight the entire family with Sean Connery and King Brian, the fun-lovingest leprechaun ever to rule the land of enchantment. Don't miss Walt Disney's Darby O'Gill and the Little People. Rated G. It's a touch of magic from Walt Disney. Which is a weird little film that I think didn't really get released or has some like history with being not being released all that often. So it's one that people know about, but it's really old. Is it like uh, Songs of the South controversy? No, I don't think it's anything like that. I think it's more along the lines of like, it's just one of those weird Disney films that didn't do well or isn't that great. (laughs) It's not like Old Yeller. The way that the Leprechaun kind of fits into like current modern Ireland is that 
it's part of kind of the tourist industry in a way. Like there's actually a leprechaun museum in Dublin. So they basically just capitalized off of it. It's like, all right, fine. We're associated with the friggin' leprechaun. Let's just use it in some way. So the image that you usually have is like a leprechaun sitting on a toadstool. He's got a red beard. He's got a green hat. But this visual of that, so like Lucky from Lucky Charms is more of a modern thing. There's Irish mythology, which the leprechaun doesn't really exist in that. It appears in later folklore where it first appeared probably in like medieval times. So and then weird. like the kind of visual that we have of with the like yeah. belt buckle and the hat came from more European folklore and more recent history. Now, I wouldn't say recent history like, you know, 1980, That's but um, ago. possibly maybe like in the 1600s is when you can kind of see the color happening. The hat is actually from an outdated kind of fashion style from the 19th century. And some of this fashion that Lucky has is actually related to like Irish immigrants to the US. It's all cobbled together. Yeah, it's just a mess. <laughs> and I think they're supposed to be related to something that's kind of a trickster, not, not a full-blown trickster, but kind of like a mischievous kind of character. And now it's on the box of your cereal. So Eat your oats, which they overloaded with sugar to get better test results, and marshmallows, which allegedly give you superpowers, according nom, nom, to nom. The folklore of Lucky Jones. So, <laughs> and is there a pot of gold? Is the pot of gold the Lucky Charms? Is that what it's meant to be? I guess in the Lucky Charms verse. <laughs> all right. Well, all right. That's enough about Lucky Charms and leprechauns. Let's move on to the last one, which is cool. He waits. That's what he does. I'll tell you what. Tick followed talk followed tick followed talk followed tick. Ahab says I don't care who you are, here's to your dream. The old sailors return to the bar. Here's to you, Ahab! And the fat drummer hit the beat with all his heart. Here's to waiting. God, that drum beat thing really, really gets in your ears. It's a fat bass. <laughs> fat bass. Okay. So this yeah. is an interesting one. Basically, it shows uh, an old Polynesian surfer who's just his whole life. He's been waiting for the big wave. Then it's finally coming in. And he and three other younger surfers are going out there catching the big wave. And it just turns into these stallions yeah like these the panzer horses i think they're called oh okay that they just come out from the foam of the sea and they're barreling down and our hero finally uh succeeds in in catching his wave then he he falls into his uh onto the beach and the rest of the younger guys who they wiped out they congratulating him and he's like, yeah it says here's to waiting Okay, so they, they, you know, they, they, they jumped the gun and he just kind of held out and was able to catch the wave, which is also horses. <laughs> <laughs> right. So this is a Guinness ad. At the very end of the commercial, you see 
the kind of classic Guinness pint and it says Guinness. Yeah. And it has like the kind of head on it and it's, you know, it's Guinness. So Guinness is like one of Ireland's most famous drinks, one of its most famous exports apart from its people. And Guinness is probably the most worldwide, the most well-known of the Irish products. And it's brewed in almost 50 countries and it's available in almost like 120 or so. It's still the best-selling alcoholic drink in Ireland, and it makes almost two billion euro um, annually. So, like, <laughs> people drink the crap here. Like, <laughs> they, like it's, it's one of the like it's called the black stuff, or people can refer to it as the black stuff. So, Guinness is well known as well, not just for being a great drink. I don't know. It's also known for kind of its advertising campaigns. So, in the 1920s, there was a campaign called like Guinness is good for you. And the reason for that is the person who created kind of the slogan was that people were saying they felt good after drinking their pint. So it kind of became this thing of Guinness is good for you. Um, It improved like it kind of implied that it improved your physicality and your personal qualities and it just made you better. That kind of language is now completely prohibited. You can't say that sort of thing anymore. But if you look at like old adverts. Huh? Made you like inebriated and looser, so you felt better. I think people probably did feel like that. Like they felt good after their pint. Probably just more anecdotally saying, like I feel good after this. But they kind of ran with that slogan-wise and said Guinness is good for you. So maybe taking it more in the sense of like a medical standpoint. I don't. I don't yeah, know that's not going to pass. It, that yeah, that doesn't happen anymore. Um, but you'll see kind of very classic uh, Guinness adverts and stuff that say Guinness is good for you. It has that toucan. You know, it has. You'll see that a lot in kind of those old timey ads, which is kind of a fun thing. So it became well known for its its advertising, with this being one of its kind of classic ads. Yeah. So the ad is pretty uh, famous and it's won like tons of awards. And it won a lot of awards. It's still like recently has been called from some advertising polls of various uh, products. Most of the top tens were US and UK stuff. And this one still won the top like in 2020, I think. I don't know. Wow, so really? That, yeah. It aired on March 17th, 1999, which was a St. Patrick's Day. (gasps) What a good campaign timing. (laughs) (laughs) It was directed by Jonathan Glazer, who kind of fits with this whole story because he's a little bit uh, out there with his movies and stuff. What what movies has he done? Two that I recognize of his uh, music videos were Radiohead's Karma Police. Oh, Tom York has a goldfish bowl on his head and Jamarquai's virtual insanity where <laughs> he has a giant hat and his his furniture doesn't stay in one place. And his <laughs> four movies are or his three movies working on the fourth one. The first one was Sexy Beast. The second that sounds familiar. OK, yeah, the second one was Birth, where Nicole Kidman fell in love with a little boy. Oh, no. The third one was. Uh, Scarlett Johansson was a sex prostitute alien that kills man under the skin. And that's considered one of the best movies of the 21st century. And the fourth movie he's working on is a Nazi concentration camp romance. So he's a little bit out there. He's all over the place here. Yeah. Uh, Interesting. The thing that Guinness wanted to make an ad, they were like, it's seen as old. It's seen as old people. We got to make it hipper for the youth. So then they got this stuff in there. And the, the process to make this stuff was just 
reading it was just nuts. What the the part with the beach? They went into little boats. They were just waiting for the big waves, and once the big waves were there, like half the time, the crew was wiped out of the the little boats. <laughs> so when they were reviewing the footage, you'd see like this wave. It's like oh, it's kind of shaking, it's waving, and the camera cuts out because they have to like protect it when they're about to like okay we're gonna fall again god okay so, so is this all real yeah that's no, cool well, i don't well, think wait, the horses, horses aren't real <laughs> um yeah, but waves got... that also act as horses wait hey horse waves yeah. was that in the last unicorn yeah i think so when he trapped when them in the waves okay them. sorry Completely. i don't know but um, then they got an old picture called neptune's horses where neptune's riding uh the horses so the beach part oh. they they found an old polynesian surfer and they were like he's the perfect guy so they convinced him to go in there but he wasn't that good so they got three younger more uh, professional surfers they wanted it to look rugged and real not like there's this super pretty surfer dude yeah I, I think that kind of stuck out to me like the, they look <laughs> i was gonna say rough like they God. don't look rough <laughs> but they look like they look like they surf. Yeah, the sun beating them all day. They don't look like poopers. And then they went into the VFX thing, and the horses were getting a little hard to deal with, and they kept pushing those horses because they had to get the right angle at the right speed, and they had to play the the frames per second really high so they could slow it down because they this was uncharted territory. They didn't know what they had to do. So That's they, interesting. So... One of the horses who was they I, they painted the musculature so they could uh, stick out more when you were gonna work on the computer. Then one of the horses really good, but he didn't jump, so um. they had to get the other horses to jump. And they they kept trying to get the good shots. It was early CGI, but they had to work the it the looks galloping, really the galloping good. Speed. Yeah, for early CGI. Out. Yeah, and then serendipitously. But they were filming the beach scene. The young, more professional surfers wiped out, and the scared old guy, he was the only one that made it. Oh, cool. Surfing. So then they were like, the, the congratulations at the end wasn't really that much acting. Oh, so, so that, that's actually, that's cool. Yeah. God, things really just to come it up together a little bit with the whole waves and everything. Yeah, and of the, course. The waves, they had to make it a little bigger because every time they got a big wave, it knocked them out. <laughs> that's cool, though. So everything, and, obviously, there are things yeah. they had to fix, but for the most part, like things really worked out in their yeah. favor. Then Jonathan Glazer's friend, Louis Mellis, who wrote Sexy Beast, he did the voiceover because they initially wanted Richard Burton, the actor, oh. the famous old actor. Yeah. Then it's like, no, let's go with this guy. And then they had to go for the music. They wanted like Pink Floyd and stuff. They're like, what could it be? So then they were looking through all things and they eventually landed with left field so what's left field left field is a a dance music group Mm. and they created this originally for this uh this ad but eventually became the track fat planet which is (laughs) they use that as the uh theme for the sequel to the beast wars show what yeah (laughs) but they said they wanted something like a heartbeat like thumping and nervous yeah like you're saying that deep bass that fat bass yeah that really so if you're... came together and the vfx team was watching it in the halftime of the uh of football they call it over there soccer football match mm-hmm. and then it was like oh everyone's gonna watch it but then everyone went to like pee and do stuff 
And then the next day, everyone was talking about that. That was pretty awesome. And it won awards. It's still, like I said, highly regarded. Highly regarded thing. That's really cool. Just came together, and it was pretty awesome story. It's like, yeah, I was just looking at this because like what's kind of fun about finding these ads as well is when you find them on like YouTube and things and you can see people start commenting underneath it because, you know, like that's the thing. That's why like the ad stuff is really fun or commercials are fun. It's because even though they're kind of they're everywhere and they're background noise, like when an old ad comes back, you watch it like years later, you're like, oh, wow, I remember that. And you have like weird, interesting feelings associated with that. Even though we tend to consider them nuisances, they're still really like, they still kind of craft a part of our, you know, they, they, they kind of fit into part of our kind of history and stuff. I think that's why I like commercials. I think they're kind of interesting <laughs> yeah. for that. Um, but someone is like, played this tune at a warehouse rave once safe to say they went mental so i guess people just really liked the song and really liked oh, the they ad. were in they were on <laughs> molly or something <laughs> probably so they're probably happy all right okay so we've we've seen all of the commercials shall we rate them yeah <laughs> Okay, so we had Irish Spring, 1979, Lucky Charms, 1998, and Guinness Surfer, 1999. Which one's your least favorite? Least? Uh, I'd go with Irish Spring. <laughs> go with Irish Spring because it's just like, I mean, knowing the fakeness now, like, oh, I'm an Irish person. I was born in Brooklyn, New York. It's, it's just kind of dumb. But... um. They tried to revive the Irish Spring stuff in like 2016, but they ran into more uh, problems that it was just promoting stereotypes and stuff. <laughs> um, yeah, this one's just uh, it. I mean, it's nice enough. I like the old timey feel of it, but it's just kind of ridiculous too. Yeah. As far as the ridiculousness is, what, my second, it's more nostalgia that's pushing into second, but for ridiculous this one this one's probably the most fun <laughs> so wrestling guys and then like oh yes you're a man here it's, like, well, it's just weird it's just like shower in the woods it's just oh, weird because of the commercial it's like how often do you just come across a wrestling match in the middle of the the field <laughs> like it's just weird it just cuts in and it's just two dudes wrestling in the middle of a field with a bunch of people just kind of watching like is this common enough like does this happen probably not maybe in ireland yeah I, I think okay so for my least favorite i actually think for me um it's lucky charms one and the reason for that is because it's just kind of your standard generic lucky charms commercial like there's nothing particularly special about it even though actually there's a nostalgia element for me because I do clearly remember this commercial um, and I do like the song, the heart stars and horseshoes, clovers and blue moons, you know, like that kind of thing is always really fun. But like, there's not much to it. It's just like a bunch of kids. It's just a cartoon of a bunch of kids taking lucky charms, lucky charms, excuse me, luckies, lucky charms. So uh-huh. I would put, that's why it would be my least favorite, like if, only for that reason. But I wish so for my second, it's the Irish Spring one for the reasons that you were kind of saying, because what is happening in this commercial (laughs) 
<laughs> it's just two dudes wrestling in the mud. Like they're not wrestling in the mud, but it's just two 70s dudes wrestling in a field. And then after, you know, they declare the winner, there's one guy's like, you stink, man. Here's a bar of soap. <laughs> and then he showers. And then at the end, the ladies also just randomly. in half to show that it's too deodorant. <laughs> yeah, it's like, here's me with my pocket knife. Um, I like the lady that's there because she says like, manly, but I like it too. Like, I actually didn't understand what she said, like for the life of me. Also, her accent is awful. So like, the whole thing is just really weirdly stupid. Like, I just, I enjoy that aspect of it because i don't yeah, know what's happening everyone's happening. wearing those stupid caps the, the uh, irish <laughs> ones happening. yeah those things just the and when, when he puts on when he's washing himself with deodorant he is almost purely soap like it's so <laughs> heavy like it doesn't look like suds well, he's just like because he has a lot of chest pure. hair oh chest. it's not just getting stuck on his chest hair um that's why i like this commercial it's just it's it's the absurd do you remember any Irish Spring commercials? I can I mean I can think of like McDonald's and Coca-Cola and like Zest even, but the yeah. only one I remember was uh the body wash one. It was like a two thousand or something. Like some hot dude is bathing under a waterfall and these two hot women are peeping on him. And then his, his awesome, I don't remember that. His awesome body wash zaps them. And then I don't remember that at all. I don't remember Irish Spring commercials, like generally speaking. Exactly. I just don't remember. But them. it's an American like the advertising campaign and company and everything, Colgate. Colgate. Colgate so my Second would be Lucky Charms. Mostly like like I said, this one they're like it eked out the Irish Spring because of the nostalgia. Like you said, it's just super basic. It's like, oh, he's out to my lucky charms. Like, oh yeah. We got your thing. He's playing an awesome keyboard, which I want to see some EDM star play somewhere. Like cool. The animation looks cool. Like, I do yeah, like it. It's awesome. like this translucent, translucent rainbow, rainbow keyboard. Yeah. Yeah. And then he just gives them tons of the, the marshmallows. And for what it's worth, which I guess is not really that much, I like that stupid corny joke. It's like, we have magic too. We can make it disappear. It's like, okay, whatever. But fat kids <laughs> all the ones that have ever appeared this this one and the other one with the cliff is the one i remember most and apparently as far as saint patrick's day i think they've only recently started what do you mean i i think they've only recently started saint patrick's day and uh it, it it turns your cereal green i mean your milk green. oh okay i didn't understand what you were saying really Ooh, i want to try that i can't try it, it. Um, okay, so then what does that mean for your favorite? It would be Ronald McDonald. <laughs> and the wild card. <laughs> so okay. the Guinness surfer. Yeah. After watching it, it is kind of like a mini, like a very, very short film. Yeah, it's like a minute and, long, this commercial. Yeah. I think genuinely for me, why I like it lots, why I like it lots, I, I think it has a lot going for it, but I think hearing kind of the story behind it is just makes it a bit more interesting. Like it's just an engaging ad. Like you can imagine seeing it in the movies or something like, yeah, you know, in between your Coca-Cola commercials and yeah, seeing it and just be like, Ooh, this is really cool looking. It's just a fun. It's just a, it's, I don't, I want to say it's like, it's an, kind of an epic kind of ad in that it feels like a story is being told. It's, it's, it's captivating in its yeah. way. I like the horses. Oh, I think, one of the and I like the effect. story. Yeah, 
one of the visual effects guys he was in a new job at some point later like 20 years later and he's like hey they were showing off their stuff and he goes oh here's this it's like wow that was good this was from 1999 (laughs) yeah like it's really visually solid for being 1999 i mean it's also kind of in this black and white thing so that tends to help but like it looks really good and what about you why do you like it is it because of the horses because that's really the only like lizard panner horses or whatever they're really called I don't know. But yeah, Palomino? like I said, it's like a very short, short movie. And just the moment of triumph for the guy, it, it's supposed to relate to how the anticipation of waiting when they pour the tap of Guinness and then it, it hits the studs and then they take it off the tap. And then, you know, yeah, because you're supposed to let the head set like basically you need the you need Guinness to settle before drinking it. Like you can't just be like, shh, shh, drink it. Give like, me. It needs to be, you need to appreciate it. I don't know anything about Guinness. I know lots of people that enjoy Guinness, but it's not for me. I'm more into sparkling water, which is just sad. (laughs) I'm a teetotaler, so I don't. Well, we're both teetotalers, so we have no comment on the taste of Guinness. I've had a Guinness cake before, though, which is pretty nice. But yeah, It's just a cake flavored with a little bit of Guinness, and it just tastes nice. The most alcohol I've ever consumed was in the turkey back in the day. Yeah, I think the most has been like communion wine or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why this one was my favorite. It's just it's cool. pretty awesome and it stands the test of time, apparently. All right. Last question. Which would you buy based on these commercials? As far as selling me a product, I guess I'd go with Irish Spring. Because <laughs> as awesome as the surfing is, like... I can't drink this seawater and Lucky Charms is just like happy Lucky Charms. Like, okay, I can see that any day at the freaking store. Ooh, look, I can be a man and smell good. I can be a man and smell good. And for me as a woman, I I can like it too. Um, She's such a secondary thought in that manly, but I like it too. Like, uh, okay. I think for me, see, this is really funny. I think this has been a little bit of a theme since we've been doing this. But anytime we have like a 70s or an old commercial that we're not used to that old style, we're a little bit more amenable to it. Meaning like a guy like properly selling like, and it does this. Because we just don't encounter that anymore. We're more used to maybe like the Guinness Surfer style where it's more of a brand association rather than trying to sell you the product. I feel like we're a little bit more like, Actually, yeah, I'd probably buy it because of that, because we're just not used to it. Like that type of commercial faded out. Like you just don't see them anymore. But yeah, you don't see people in in the middle of the street with pocket knives shaving soap. You don't see a bunch of men just maybe you do actually just men fighting in the middle of the street. For me, actually, it's the Lucky Charms, mostly because I like Lucky Charms. And if I saw that commercial, I'd be like, oh, crap, I want to buy Lucky Charms just because it would remind me I want to eat Lucky Charms. Yeah, that would, that would be the reason. <laughs> sometimes food stuff does do that to my brain. It's like I haven't had something in a long time. Then I see a commercial of like Count Chocula or whatever. And then my oh, brain is like, Chocula. I kind of want that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's actually why. Because I watched this and that's what I kind of immediately thought of. I wasn't like, oh, this is a brilliant commercial or something. I was just more like, oh, I really want Lucky Charms. <laughs> I think that's how they operate. It's not just trying to attract you to it. They're like, remember Lucky Charms? Eat it. Um, okay all right so i think that is everything that was cool i really enjoyed that one i like st patrick's day even though i don't drink well okay more irish products watch leprechaun film series don't watch the leprechaun film series drink guinness eat lucky charms and in your morning shower 
Play Celtic Harps. Wash yourself with Irish Spring. Cool. Read your Guinness Book of World Records to, to go to your Guinness Irish pub quiz and eat Lucky Charms with your Irish Spring knives or whatever. <laughs> Just something, something, something Irish. Um, cool. We uh, That's it for us. So we'll be back in the near future with a new block of old ads. Um, when that will be, that will be soon. So thanks for listening. If you like us, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at RetroRadReview, where we do a lot of posting of commercials, some that we don't even cover in these. So that's pretty cool. Um, and subscribe to us on the different podcast channels, Google, Apple, uh, Spotify, Podcast Addict, all those. And uh, that is it. So we'll see you later. How do you say goodbye in Irish or whatever language? In one of the counties, how do they say goodbye? Uh, that's a really good question. I only know um, slante. Slantia? Slantia, I think, is how you say, like, cheers. Uh, slantia, bye. <laughs> <laughs> slantia. Uh, bye. the place where I learned my thing. From the Emerald Isle to your place in the hood. I'm the man of green, come to do no good. Left in the hood, come to do no good. Left in the hood, come to do no good.